brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com and become part of their unarmed forces today. And by Beneath, starting with the first thing that you put on in the morning, Beneath inspires you to be your most authentic self. Get ready to experience increased comfort that radically outperforms anything that you've tried before while leaving minimal impact on Mother Earth. Use the code UNITY to get 15% off at checkout at Beneath.com. That's B-N-3-T-H.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. I am here with a really cool chick who... I want to grow up and be like, uh, her name is Kaylin Thorian and she is a wanderer. She is a solo adventurer. She is a documentarian, a badass human, a head to toe tattooed real life, Harley Davidson in a person. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, that was a hell of an intro. I'm flattered. <laughs> well, it's true. You don't have to be flattered. That's just who you are. So you should just be like stoked. That's how people see you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I want to get into basically how I found out about you. Um, and then I slowly started to stalk you and then saw all your photos and I was like holy fuck I think the first photo I ever saw of you was when you had the your lips were perfectly white you were wearing the zinc um lip chap and uh I remember that stuff from overseas because we were given the same the same lip chap and I was like I for whatever reason that that solidified in my mind and I was like I need to know who this person is then I'm like (laughs) scrolling and I'm like stalking And then I look at our mutual friends and I'm like, no way. Tyler knows her. And I'm like, of course, Tyler knows her. She (laughs) rides a fucking Harley Davidson. (laughs) Yep. uh, The adventure lipstick. (laughs) Is that what you call it? Adventure lipstick. Yeah. It's what we ladies need, man. Especially down in the desert. Like my lips get fried. So I just, I just, no shame. Just smear that stuff on all over the place. (laughs) I I love the commitment though, too. I think that's what makes it like that much better is you have such commitment towards it. You're like, this is my face. And I'm like, Uh yes. Own it. I love it. (laughs) Exactly. Own it. Um, So I found out you basically through Tyler and uh, of Lords of Gastown and, um, Lords of Grasstown and like, oh, oh, I didn't even see because your beautiful hair was in the way. Lords, I know I'm a shit person, Tyler. I should have wore your shirt today. I'm over <laughs> here thinking I'm looking all cute. And I'm, then I'm like, no, I fucked that up. That's my fault. Fine. Um, I got I got a bajillion questions for you, honestly. Um, I really did a little bit of research. I try to know as I don't want to say little, but I, I don't want to know the ins and outs before I talk to someone because I I want to hear your perspective on, on really your life and not what someone's written about your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started when I, I saw that you, you started skiing. You're, you were a skier. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of go from there? Like how you got into skiing, why even skiing r- really gave you that, that starting point? Yeah. I mean, skiing is the foundation of everything that I do now. And um, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And it did all started in high school. Like I was a late bloomer. I didn't grow up in a racing family, you know, wasn't some hoity toity, you know, rich kid from park city. Like, you know, my parents were blue collar, good workers. And 
Um, so started in high school because I was the awkward kind of little punk rocker that didn't really fit in anywhere and um, found a release and found sort of a sanctuary in skiing, uh, which was really random. I wasn't a big like outdoor kid or anything like that, but growing up in Idaho, you're kind of limited to like what you can do. And so found skiing and it was like this place where I could just be by myself and be with my own thoughts and have my own fun. And I found a lot of sanctuary in it. And then I just absolutely fell in love with it. And it just like snowballed, no pun intended. And that's all I could do. Like I barely graduated from high school because I skipped so much school, like oh, wow. to go skiing. And once I graduated, the first thing I did was move to Utah and was a ski bum there, like worked flipping burgers for six fifty an hour and got to ski every day and just got better and better. Um, but never, I didn't ever think it would become a career because I just didn't have that upbringing and right. at the time didn't have the skills for it. And then uh, all of a sudden, just with the amount of time that I was skiing, I started to get better and better and photographers started to notice me and they wanted to go out and shoot photos. And then those photos ended up in magazines. And then like any sponsored athlete, like you start to have people knocking at your door being like, oh, rep our product. And then, okay, you know, eventually we might pay you and so on and so forth. Um, But it was hard, like, especially as a woman in the ski industry to actually make a living off of it is virtually impossible unless you're like a ski racer. But I just, I kept grinding at it and I had weird jobs like wildland firefighting and construction and like whatever I could do to pay the bills so I could just be on snow. And ultimately the love is what drove it. It was never the need for making money from it. Um, That just happened to come with it, which I think is a testament to all of us. Like if we pursue our happiness over the money, it will come. Um, So yeah, and that led into like, outdoor adventure and then you know eventually like that led to motorcycles and it all just you know just like kept going kept snowballing into what I do now so skiing is a big reason I'm here wow I like skiing is interesting to me um because I just started Mm -hmm. I'm 31 and I snowboarded like that's the winter activity I'm from Ontario right so there's no mountains so you're like (laughs) I'm gonna go to the ski hill because That's all you've got. So I, I didn't really get too, too into it. I was never really into hockey and all of those kind of winter activities. It hurt my bones too much. And then I started skiing this year. Um, and oh, wow. Oh, wow. I don't know if there's enough of those because it sounds dramatic, but I'm not fucking kidding to you. Like, <clears throat> I hadn't felt that free. So I'm a road biker. I'm a road biker and I, and I like triathlons. I like to hurt myself mm-hmm. and I'm a mountain biker, but I never really found that thing with winter. And I wanted that because that's when I find, I don't know about you, because it seems like you're always in like the warmer temperature climates for, mm-hmm. for the most part right now. <laughs> Sun for me is really necessary, but living in, in Vancouver, I don't get that. And so it, I'm inside in winter. Right. So I was like, I need to try something because I, I don't want to do snowboarding. So I'm going to crack my fucking skull again, like a 12 year old. Like it's, I'm not great at that. And so I'm like, I'm going to try skiing because I, the idea of going straight, I could wrap my brain around for whatever illogical reason. So mm-hmm. I tried it and I fell so deeply, madly and just graciously into love with skiing. Like I never thought I could about an outdoor activity because outdoors in the cold hurts me. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. And, and like, I'm going the opposite direction of you where I yeah. was like all about winter, always winter, 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 winter. And then slowly, like my bones were like, we're getting over this and I want some more. Yeah. more. And now it's like, yeah, like I kind of like dread winter, <laughs> right? Um, but like, I still love skiing and there's a whole story on sort of my evolution there, but, um, yeah, yeah, it is, but it is freeing. It's like, it's how I feel when I ride a Harley on like fresh pavement. It's just that like same yep. cruising. I mean, you're just glued to it. You're like in sync with everything. You're just flowing. And it's like, it's a really like freeing, freeing experience. Like you're saying. It's weird though. Cause I didn't, I didn't know what to expect at first. It was terrifying. I went out with my girlfriend, Erin, she's training to do, uh, she's a, she's a professor, but she's also becoming a shawl woman in, in Cambo. And she's so this really cool. And she, she, she chills and she's super with, you know, the vibe. And so she, she's like, let me, t-. she's a snowboarder. She's like, come with me the first time. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm freaking out. Cause it's Whistler. Like I live here. I'm going to go right to Whistler and I'm going to go hit yeah. the best mountain we've got. And she's like, no, 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 just go first run. I was like, gloves were soaked. I was terrified. I'm pizzaing way and French friesing my way down that whole fucking thing. Oh Get to the bottom. She goes, let's try it my way this time. Okay. And it was just about the breath. Mm-hmm. And it was about feeling it in the mentality of it being this one with nature thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but for whatever reason, I feel like you get that in a yeah. different way than if I were to talk to somebody about skiing and they're like, yeah, ski. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. No, cool. it's yeah. always been very zen. It's always about the zen. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And that's, I think that's really beautiful, but that's what I think is what brought some real uniqueness to you because as you transition through skiing, when you're a sponsored athlete like that, were you competing within that? Like, how did that work for you? Yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's things called like extreme skiing competitions and they're actual competitions judged and everything. And I did that for a little bit, but like you're saying it's, it's Zen. And that quickly was getting rid of the Zen. I was like, all right, I don't like this. Um, so I much more enjoyed going out with photographers or filmers and looking at something together and creating art together, that definitely fit more of my mold. And it allows you to travel and allows you to do a lot of cool things and go to a lot of amazing places. And then you get to see sort of the fruits of your labor and these stories and the documentation of it. And so that direction was the one I wanted to go. You can go two ways, you can compete or you can make media. And I was like, media, (laughs) going that way, that's way, way better. It makes me way happier. I mean, it's, it's interesting because on this show, one of our, you know, our, our main core thing is like really how people get to where they are, but their mental health along that way and what they use to get there. Because I think people forget, you know, when you're an athlete of some type or like, for example, right now, you know, the Olympics just finished, Mm -hmm. we watched the mental health really be put on the front stage there of the world in a different way, talking about athletes in a way that athletes should always be talked about they're underpaid. They need to be paid more. Their mental health isn't looked after. We put all this pressure on these 14 year old kids, you know, competing for a nation and it's really being looked at differently. And there's this change in progression in the world and the way we care about our brains essentially and how that affects us for you was when you were younger, it was this something you could have ever seen yourself doing. Like what really was that like for you? It was, I I have a journal throughout from like elementary school through high school. And it's so funny to see it because like up until ninth grade, I I was, you know, I, yes, I was like this little punk rocker, but I was also kind of a square, you know, like, let's say Mm -hmm. like a 
uh, yeah, like I, I had this whole list of like all the colleges I want to go to, you know, I wanted to go to all these Ivy league schools and I was going to be 4.0. I was going to, you know, nail my SATs. I was going to get super successful and, and, and do all that, but it never quite like fit. Right. And a combination of listening to like, you know, metal and punk rock and, and rock and roll, like started to change that. And then, and then it like the first time I like smoked weed, my whole mind like opened up. Like, oh, there's like a whole different world out here. Like did your body wait, immediately just, did your yeah. body just immediately start tattooing itself? And you're like, Oh my God. It's like the transformation of like Iron Man and shit. Dude, I was like, I'm not going to conform. And I was never a conformist, but for some reason, like I needed that one extra bump, but I think smoking weed right. done that weed and stairway to heaven, as cliche as that sounds. Um, oh. And I just still remember that night, like in my friend's basement, I was like, dude, what am I doing with my life? And then, then I felt kind of lost. So I was like, well, now what am I doing with my life? And that's right. where skiing kind of became the medicine. Cause here was a place where I could truly be myself and feel grounded. And, right. you know, like I said before, the rest is history. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So you, you did the skiing thing really photography was something that came along with skiing. Did you, did you have interest in photography before? Um, I've always been an artist. Um, and, but I just wasn't a very good one. <laughs> so like, okay. Yeah, so photos allowed me to like actually capture what I wanted to see and especially being outside. And I had a lot of inspiration from my friends and, you know, um, my, you know, my ex wasn't a wonderful photographer. He's the one who really helped kind of guide me and show me how to do it. So I, I actually had like $5,000 in my bank account. I quit my job and I spent half of it on a camera and I spent that whole summer just like shooting photos of me camping and being outside and doing all that and posted it to my Instagram. Didn't think anything would come of it. And then all of a sudden, you know, those numbers started to go up and people were like, oh, solo girl, like camping in the woods by herself and hiking and like taking these nice pictures. And um, I'd, that- I'd, I'm sorry, I'd argue they're better than nice. I think you need to <laughs> not sell yourself short there on that. <laughs> they're fucking fantastic. No, I appreciate it. And had a lot of help from like with those ski photographers, though, every time we'd go out and shoot, I'd be like, OK, what you know, what are your settings right here? Like, what are you doing here? Like, how do you do this or watch watch them move? And and so, you know, without all those people that I worked with, I definitely wouldn't have the chops that I do now. So you really, but what's really great and fascinating about that though, is instead of you just seeing it for what it was where you're like, Oh, people are taking pictures. Like, cause I know, I know athletes and I know extreme sports people because of my husband's industry through supercross and motocross. Right. So, and Whistler and Crankworks and, you know, these guys all wear the bra- his Atlas neck brace. So I have learned to watch like our photographers and, and they're like, no, you got to shoot. If you're shooting like movement like this, there's a way to shoot movement, but a lot of these guys that just ride, they, they, I, I notice like they're, they don't, they don't pay attention to photography in that way. They're like worried about their angle on the bike and fair. That's their focus. But what a way for you to take that opportunity and really spin it on its head and absorb so much information. It seems like you took that as a, almost like a good forethought of, of what you could do. Hey, I can also do this and learn. I just have to ask. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah, that's a big thing. I've never been good in a classroom. So just taking advantage of the teachers around me when we're in like our moment, you know, and and that's kind of the best way for me to learn at least. (laughs) But that's important to acknowledge because we have a, you know, we have, uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you don't have kids yet. Oh yeah. You're too much of a, yeah, I've never seen them. So I'm like, you either don't (laughs) like photograph them, which some of us don't, I don't very much, but, um, (laughs) 
or you, or you hide them very well. Um, <laughs> so no, but that's important because, you know, a lot of our listeners, uh, they do have tiny humans and they're in a society right now that struggles with, uh, conformity and how we look after our kids and kind of what the structure is and what happens to those kids that aren't sit and listen, which I have one of those and I was one of those. And so it's nice to hear you talk about it in a way that's um, teaching of life, life moments, life teachers that can be spectacularly useful instead of just, you know, traditional methods. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all around us. You know, now for me, it's, it's motorcycles, like with the Lord's guys, when I go on trips with them and, um, or my other crews and we're, they're working on bikes, you know, I'm kind of not trying to totally be right up in their shit, but I'm <laughs> like hovering, like, okay, what's that? What are you doing there? You know, what, what's this? And oh, that, 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 and like being just trying to always be a sponge, um, as best I can and never like harping at people for, you know, trying to help, you know, it's like, yes, teach me. And I'm always like an open ear. Cause that's, that's the only way I'm going to learn. Lord knows I'm not going back to school anytime soon. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I can't, I can't really picture you sitting in a classroom. I feel there would be some pushback on that, but it, you do your own work. No, 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 man. You, you do your own work though. I see you working on your, on your bikes and I see you doing all of the different technical aspects and you would have to learn that from someone. You would have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Part of it was just the bike that I had sort of taught me, sort of forced me to learn. Um, and I don't want to act too cool. I definitely have, you know, much gratitude to my mechanics back home who really get into the nitty gritty, but like on the road, um, I definitely learned a ton because my FXR is of 1993 and pretty much everything on that bike is broken at one point or another. And <laughs> half the time or most of the time it was on the road and, and I'd be stranded and I was sick of like being completely like without any knowledge. And so throughout the years, I was just researching it myself, researching it myself or talking to friends or asking people about it and, and learned and learned a lot. And now with my FXR for, for the most part, I can handle most repairs on the road. Um, anything major obviously would keep me off, but, um, that that's been amazing. Cause like Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance is that book is fantastic. And that really inspired a lot, but it's true. Like when you're actually working with your bike, and working on it, I've said it in the past, like, you know, I fix her, but she also fixes me and we help each other on the road. And that is like, I think the reason why now my heart is completely in motorcycles. <laughs> You've just gotten deep. You've gone deep. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you went deep with her. I like that. That's, but that's, that's admirable in the way that you want to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. And, and I think that's important because Again, we're running into this thing where people don't know how to do things for themselves just in the way that they used to, or they weren't taught that way because it's not the ideal job or the ideal thing. It's, you know, it's just to hear it and see success with it in our day and age is really something that needs to be propped up and acknowledged. And for you, when it came to motorcycles, at what point did you start? Because you were sponsored with skiing Mm -hmm. and you started doing your photography what really with the Instagram growing, what really happened with the motorcycles? What was that transition like and why, why motorcycles? Yeah. So I've, I've always been an engine baby. Like my dad, um, raised me to always work with my hands and do stuff like that. And always was interested in cars. Like I wanted to be a race car driver when I was younger. And, um, but no way we could afford that. And, right. 
And so like my first car was a, a 1974 Jeep CJ5 that my dad brought back to the house on a trailer. He got it for $800. It didn't run. And he was like, here's your new car. I'm 16. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, and he's like, yeah, here's your new car, but you have to fix it. And so he and I spent the summer, I was like, amazing. We spent the summer together and, you know, I mean, he, I mostly held tools, but he showed me how, how stuff works and we fixed that car. And that definitely sparked so much interest in the way mechanics work. And I've always been a fix it kid. I always like to, to work on things. And so once I got older, I really wanted a motorcycle. Um, definitely didn't grow up in a motorcycle family, especially not a Harley family. Um, but I really was intrigued by motorcycles and especially Harley Davidson's. Cause that's like, those are my kind of people. And, right. and, and so of course, though, being a ski bum making, I don't know, eight, $10,000 a year, there was no way I was going to be able to afford one. Um, so it was just kind of on the back burner for a long time and finally got to a place in my career where it was a possibility, but then I was scared. I didn't, I didn't know how to go about it. You know, like, where do I even begin? Uh, I've never ridden one in my life. I, I'm, I don't even know where to start. And so I kept making excuses, like putting it off, putting it off. And then finally, I'll never forget this day. I was riding on the back of this fucking dude's Dinah and his hair was like hitting me in the face. And dude's Dinah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just the best. I have the image. I love it. Classic. And his freaking blonde hair is like hitting me in the face and getting in my mouth. And I was like, you know what? I'm over this. I got to just make it happen. And so I signed up for like the Harley course, the writer's course, um, because my friend suggested it and did that. And and actually, before I even took the course, I bought my FXR because I knew that's the bike that I wanted. And okay. this poor guy, this is his baby. He's been wiping this thing with a diaper since he's had it. You know, it's oh, pristine. No. I go up and I'm like, okay, like I'm going to buy it. And he goes, cool. Like, do you want to test ride it first? <laughs> and, and I'm no. like, uh, like, oh man, look at the time. Like I should probably get going, but I'm sure it's fine. You know? And, and, and he's like, okay, well go ahead and load it up on the trailer. I'm like, mm, I kind of hurt my shoulder the other week. Like, do you mind like doing it for me? <laughs> and like, bless his heart. He had no idea, but he did say something really nice. He's an older gentleman. He put his arm around me and he's like, I have a good feeling this bike is going to a good home and it's going to get used. And, and I was like, I think you're right, man. And so I uh, brought it home and did my rider's course and then stared at the bike for about a week. Cause I was terrified <laughs> to even take it out, <laughs> but eventually like, you know, got my lady balls together and, and got it out of the garage and, and then just practice, practice, practice. And that year I put or that summer, I should say, I put 25,000 miles on that bike and wow. just, couldn't stop. I could not stop. My ski sponsors were like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, can you go do your job? Like I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm busy. But having to, uh, and eventually when I decided to transfer my career over to that, I retired from skiing and and moved over to that. Um, it definitely took a hit to my social media. I had to be like, really? Yeah. People were like, we were following you for skiing and like outdoors, like motorcycles. What is this? And, And I'm like, guys, this is really similar to what I always do. It's just a different vehicle to do it on. And so I had to just be like, come with me, just trust me. It's all good. And it eventually took off again, but. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be intimidating because you're, you, you, that happens and you hear about that happening in social media, right? Where if you, you, you want to reinvent yourself or you want to change your topic, or you want to even just try to grow another page so that you can keep you're, you're running into algorithm. You're running into, well, this is what we follow you for. We expect this of you when you get put in this little box. Yeah. Um, 
what happened with those sponsors? Like, what was the deal? What was the conversation? Uh, well, what you were talking about mental health and I had, even as a technically not a competitive skier, but still in my field, it's competitive. I had a full mental breakdown, like complete mental breakdown. I've always been super professional in everything that I've done. And I quit halfway through a shoot. I was just like, Oh, wow. I can't do it anymore. This is, I'm lying through my teeth about this bullshit story that I hate the story. I don't believe in this story. I'm having to like smile and nod about it. We're not even skiing anything cool. Like I didn't work this hard to be skiing a chairlift at this like shitty ass resort, you know? And I, I just had, and you know, that on top of a bunch of other stuff, I didn't like the pressure anymore. Um, you know, I'm really grateful for that company that supported me for a long time and let me experience a lot of cool things, but slowly it started to change where I went from being an athlete to more of like the spokesmodel, um, type of thing and wasn't really treated seriously anymore. And they, you know, they definitely didn't want to support the motorcycle side of things. So it was time to go. And again, super grateful for the start with them, but I just pulled the trigger finally. And it was scary because it was, you know, 50% of my income and, and hit the eject button, but luckily, you know, found Harley and they support me now. And now I'm with a company called backcountry.com. That's like, go do your thing. We got your back. And like, that's what you're looking for. And now like my mental health is back. It was a dark, almost two years there where it was, it was heavy. It was hard. And thank God for like motorcycles and my friends. Cause I don't know if I would have made it through, honestly. It took you out that hard. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. You, I lost the love of my life. I mean, it was the thing that raised me and all of a sudden it was gone. You know, I've had breakups before, but this is like what I true breakup felt like. And, yeah. and again, like I had a support system behind me. So came through. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad. And I think everyone else is really glad to hear that you came through that, but that's, that's not easy to do. We all seem to have a catalyst point in our life with something or someone and whether it's a sport or it's a person or it could be, you know, literally anything, it could be a job that becomes that person and that coping mechanism when that's taken away often, that's a big struggle. And, and of course it should be seen as that because it's, it's difficult. And I'm glad that you acknowledge that though, because change is hard. Change is not easy. Routine is not easy. And, and, and finding your way out of that was not easy. And you could have chosen to check out of that and just say, well, fuck it. This is my life. Or you could have chosen to live a lie for you, which would have, it sounds like taking you out in the end anyway, if you stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make those changes. And I've always been like that. Like I'll, I, I won't settle, you know? Um, and that's, I think partially why it was so scary. Cause I, I've always accepted the lows. Lows are so important. We all have to have them because they make those highs amazing. Um, right. but this was like the lowest of the low. And it's like, you kind of, you really start, you're clawing as hard as you can. And you're still like, feel like you're falling. And it's, you know, but my stubborn ass was like, nope, like you're not, you're not, you know, we're going to figure this out and you got to do it. You've done it before. You've been in this like shitty situations and time to pull through. So what did Harley, what happened with Harley? So how did that come about? Because if you're writing an FXR, can you please mm-hmm. explain to me? Because last I checked mm-hmm. when you work, when you ride the thing, that isn't the thing that pays you to ride the thing. I'm real <laughs> confused. Can you help my brain, please? Yeah. So started on the FXR and, and got the, you know, was getting all the content for it. And I just started hounding Harley. Like they had never like really sponsored 
people like myself before, of course, they've given bikes, you know, celebrities or whatever, and, and that kind of thing. But the social media game was new to them. And I just kept chirping at them. I was like, Hey, Hey, you know, actually, why don't we set up like a contract? Why don't we turn this into like a sponsorship? Like they sponsor skateboarders and, and surfers and, and they, you know, they're kind of like, mm-hmm, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And, you know, they would like, let me like ride a new bike and shoot some photos or whatever. And, do that, but like never anything solid until Matt King, bless his heart, sat me down and was like, all right, like, how can, you know, how can we make this work? And, and so we kind of put together an idea and then um, some of the other people there uh, decided to put a whole team together. And then they created the ambassadors and people like myself and uh, they gave us new bikes to ride, which was really cool. We got to try a bunch of new ones, and but they also were supportive with the FXR because they understand that's their heritage, and and so it was a good good balance of both. Um, and now I'm on the Pan America, which is their new dual sport, and that has really just been like life changing because that's like checks all my boxes. The little outdoor baby in me now is like super happy to be able to get yeah. on the dirt and and get back into the woods and into the mountains a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it just was like me again, being a stubborn, stubborn little bitch and, and chasing down Harley and being like, this is what I want. I, I want to work with you and we got to make it happen because right. I don't have another option. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you needed to make it happen, but it, it, I'd be hard pressed to see them try to say no to someone like you. Cause I feel like you would do what I do. And you just like, you just shove it down people's throats until they just say yes to you. Yeah. And then, and then it's just easier. It's like, do you see how much time you could have saved if you just said <laughs> right. yes, like the first time, honestly though, I will get you, but it might take some time. Exactly. So you've been riding with them and I saw not that long ago. I remember when I was messaging you and you're like, yeah, I just ate shit. So like, I need a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what happened when you mean you like, just, I just took a small wipeout and I'm like, that's not a small wipeout. Oh, that was so heartbreaking. So the FXR, which I've spent four plus years building out to be like the perfect FXR for me. Um, she was basically ready to go. I was going to put her in all these shows this year and everything. And, um, I was just riding home, um, coming back from the golf course of all places. I don't even golf. I was just there like hitting the ball at the driving range with my friends. I like it. Yeah. And I am in a new, I just moved to a new town, so I don't know the roads super well. And I came around this tight, you know, narrow corner and they were repaving another road and all the gravel was just out on oh, it. No. And so I just came around the corner and I don't remember this, like I got knocked clean out, but by the looks of it, it looks like I went to low side, my crash bar sent me the other way and just sent me right into a ditch, like head first. And oh. Honestly, that was probably the best outcome of that because I, I, my face took the brunt of it. I mean, I had two black eyes, you know, broke my nose. Yeah, just a gash and everything. But the rest of me was okay. I didn't have any road rash really. And then the bike, oh my God, after the next day. So I went to the hospital and everything. And the next day, apparently all I could ask was like, how's my bike? How's my bike? How's my bike? And they're like, we don't really know. Like we don't ride motorcycles. (laughs) I can't tell. And (laughs) we don't fix these here. We fix humans. Yep. And the cop just kind of made it sound like it was really bad. And so I go to pick it up because they impounded and I go to pick it up. And it actually, I mean, it was sad. It was like, you know, seeing your kid get the shit beat out of him, but nothing's really broken. And so the, you know, the fairing got smashed, the exhaust got smashed, the side of the tank has a pretty good dent in it, but overall, like the guts of it, the, even the forks and everything, um, survived. I still have to get it for a final checkout from my true mechanic, but from my eyes, 
I right. think it's just cosmetic. So oh. yay. <laughs> thank God. Uh, yay. He's, he's I'm, girl. Yeah. Well, I'm glad because I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's the worst. Like I remember when I got a new bike and I'd be on the track and I like put all new graphic kits on and like all the fenders are shiny and like all the levers are perfect. Yeah. And then you go around a corner and you drop it and everything fucking goes shit. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, I, tens of thousands of dollars. Just like oh yeah. Went down the drain, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It it's was hard, sad. but she's coming back. <laughs> but I'm glad your face is okay. And like your body yeah. in general is all right. Because I feel like, I mean, she can be fixed, but like, there's only so much we can do to fix your face. Yeah. And we like that to stay like that. So yeah, yeah. look, and you recovered well from it. <laughs> Did all right. And I had a big summer ahead too. So again, like super grateful. Cause like it could have been way worse and I could have not have been able to go to Sturgis or do all these rides that I wanted to do. And, um, you know, I got the Pan Am now, so I've got like yeah. so many plans. And so, yes, overall, really grateful for my first crash. It, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> That's so that was your first, mm-hmm. first time I've gone down. Ugh, not going to how is that like, um, psychologically getting back on a bike? Cause like I've done the eat shit on a regular basis down a mountain and on a track, but like the idea of a road is the reason why I don't, I, mm. yeah, I, you know, I think the the passion is deep enough that I'd like to think no matter how, what kind of wreck it would be, I would always get back on, but you know, the fact that I I pretty much walked away from it, you know, they still took me to the hospital, right. but I was walking into the hospital and, um, walked away from it and don't actually re- remember the crash itself. I kind of got lucky in that regard too. It was kind of like, it didn't happen almost. And so I was, you know, when I hopped on my Pan Am and, and rode, and I definitely could tell I was timid around corners and wasn't riding quite as hard. And, you know, it's definitely slowed me down a little bit, but, um, I think for, again, for my first crash, it could have been worse. I don't know if I was like fall paralyzed and whatnot, if right. that would change things, but I'm, I'd like to think like myself and many of us always would get back on the horse because we just love it so much. Well, it seems like it's le- like legitimately a part of you in, in a lot of ways. And that's really beautiful. So you're, you're doing all of these different rides. Tell me what the summer looked like, because I no, the Lord's guys are not super stoked. Like they, they, they could not go to Sturgis. Like I know yeah. these guys up here, they're doing taco Tuesday and they've got, you know, they got their stuff going on up here, but I, that, that takes a hit when we can't do that. So what's it, what was your summer like? Like, how did this work out for you over COVID? Yeah, we, I mean, we got pretty lucky down here in the States in terms of they're letting us run around a bit more than they're letting you guys, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, but definitely had to everything. I mean, I've been wanting to do more international stuff now, especially with Harley in my corner, like the opportunity to, to oh, go yeah. bigger was there. So, you know, I had trips planned to go to like Norway and, and to go overseas. Oh, and so it's like, God. oh man, but, but I was able to rediscover my backyard a bit more and, and that was really cool. So especially getting this Pan America, the dual sport, I, now it's like a whole new world for me in America because it's just like dirt roads and even Southern Utah, which I know like the back of my hand, I got to see a bunch of cool new places on that bike. So that really helped. Um, And then, you know, the fact that Sturgis actually happened was pretty wild and pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I actually, I just... I just got the results from my COVID test and I didn't get it. So, <laughs> so um, and, and so like going to Sturgis was just like going back to 
home and church. I mean, people were ready for it. And the energy there was incredible. Everyone was getting their yayas out. Like it was absolute mayhem. And being able to ride out there with my friends was great. We did a really cool route um, through Idaho and Montana and and explored some dirt and camped and very kind of more Zen and then, you know, into Sturgis and just full chaos right. and Tyler and the Lord's guys will know, but Tina, my alter ego was out in full force. Sorry, and- there's a, <laughs> hold on back up. There's an alter ego named Tina. Yes, Can you <laughs> tell me everything about Tina right now? We'll talk about Tina a little bit. So Tina was given to me in Mazatlan for the bike week, the lust to dust run that the Lord's guys do that super grateful that they invite me on. Um, cause it's definitely, you know, a boy's trip. And we were, it was the first year going and you know, those guys, those guys love to have a lot of fun and and so we, it was like day four or something. And I'm pretty sure I'd eaten like three tacos in four days. I just like, wasn't yeah. eating food, you know? Cause like, I just, I was just drinking beer and, and, uh, I'm like floating in the pool with like two mimosas in my hands, like just, you know, getting ready for the day. And, and like this look. Yeah. So, so, um, I forget who it was, but one of the guys had made a bunch of sandwiches, like breakfast sandwiches for everybody, including myself. And he's like, Hey, Kaylin, like you, you know, here's your breakfast. And I just was like, no, like, I want nothing to do with that. Like, just give me more alcohol. <laughs> and, okay. and, uh, and so finally, if, if anyone's seen Napoleon dynamite, um, there's mm-hmm. that scene where he's trying to feed the llama and just the eat llama, it, Tina. Yeah, hey, Tina, you fat lardy, you fucking food. And so he yelled that to me. And from then on out, oh. I became Tina. So oh my God, I <laughs> so love that's, it that's so much. <laughs> me too. I've never been given a nickname and to get one from, you know, those guys who I love so much and care about so much, like that was pretty special. So, <laughs> and the fact that it was Tina from Napoleon Dynamite just yeah. makes it all that more amazing. I'm a llama. The no drama okay. llama. <laughs> Listen, you can be a no drama llama. We love those in our lives. You should have it. You should have your own merch. That's like a, like a llama that, okay. This is now the second time I've given marketing ideas to people on a podcast. I think you should have a shirt where it's got a llama floating in a pool and it says no drama llama. Oh my God. You're welcome. So done. All right. Who do we know? I, Tyler, I know. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, I know some people. I feel like we could get it done. It'll be fine. We'll talk offline. <laughs> Um, there is, that's hilarious. I love that. So I'm just, I'm going to redo your intro as this is Kaylin and Tina and it'll be fine. It'll make sense. So these guys, you know, this summer has really been short of the guys up in Canada, not being able to live our lives because we live in a communist dictatorship. Um, it's fine. It's just tyrannical. There's nothing to worry about at all. We've only had the Chinese military training here for five years in private. It's Oh yeah. I know random things. You don't want to know. So, um, so tell me, so Sturgis happens. That's all great. You didn't get COVID yay for you. Um, it sounds like it was a success in general for, you know, everyone, which let's be honest, that group of people, we all look, you guys all look real hard. You look like you don't, you know what I mean? You look like you have this, this, this hard outerness to you, but, but I think at the same time, like it shows how much we need people. We need yeah. community mm-hmm. and we need it to get through things like this. Yeah. yeah I want to know. The the community. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cause I want to know, like when you're at Sturgis and stuff, cause I haven't had the opportunity. My parents are bikers and I have never had the opportunity to go and do Sturgis, but they used to go down to, is it Florida? What's it called? Uh, the Daytona bike week, the bike week. Yeah. Bike week. They go down to bike week. My brother rides Harleys. My mom and dad ride Harleys. It's just me. Um, and 
what is it like for you? Do you see a lot of vets? Like what is, are they integrated in that community at all? It's, I mean, all walks of life. So absolutely, you know, the, the, the veteran president presence is huge there and you've got all types of ages, you know, especially at Sturgis, like I'm one of the younger people there. Um, but that's what I really love is you get thrust into a place and with people that maybe you usually wouldn't be hanging out with. And that's why I kind of sound like I've been smoking cigarettes for the last two weeks is because I was just talking to everybody. I want to know everybody's stories, like how they got into motorcycles, how they, you know, why they're here, what keeps them going. You know, you see all the craziest outfits. You see women in their late sixties or seventies wearing just pasties and like hot yes. shorts. And you're just like, hell yeah, you know, good on you. And that camaraderie is, is amazing. And, and like they say, like those events is it's like coming home. That's why rallies are so important because they connect us again. And regardless of your beliefs or, or you know, where you stand in this world, we can all relate on this one thing, which is, you know, our motorcycles. And that joy is so necessary, especially right now with just how shitstorm of a world it is. And like, I came back from Sturgis. Yeah. Totally worn the fuck down, <laughs> but also like glowing because it just reinvigorated me and gave me like a good zest for life. And, and so I'm super grateful that these, these rallies are happening and are continuing to happen. That's, that's fantastic. It's important to acknowledge the community that we are all a part of. We all have different types of groups, but at the end of the day, if we choose to keep separating ourselves, like we're only going to hurt our mental health, those groups are really unnecessary. And I'm so glad that you guys got to experience that this year. And get that refresher. Cause you and I spoke before and you're like, I just need some time after surges. Cause I can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's okay. We, you, you caught me at a week where I still sound like Annie Letterman. So it's fine. I'm <laughs> right there with you, except I didn't have near as much fun as you. Um, so what's, what's it look like for you in the next, in the next while? I mean, you said you wanted to do stuff overseas and I got to tell you, I will backpack backpack myself onto you if you're going to Norway because that sounds <laughs> insane. Yeah. But what's what's it look like for you? Because obviously travel and there's certain things. So what what's the next steps? What do we expect to see from you? Yeah. Well, so I got back what two days ago and I hit the road day after tomorrow <laughs> for three weeks. Um, and I'm gonna go to the Born Free Rally, which I was supposed to go to with the Lords guys. Um, oh. but Born Free Rally in LA. And then I'm going to ride solo for five days with just like all my fishing and camping gear and go to Four Corners Rally, which is Southwest Colorado in a place called Durango. Um, Super fun, like little cowboy gathering and then take another scenic ride back, uh, back up to Idaho and then going to try and squeeze a little backpacking trip in just to like maybe use my legs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who needs to, <laughs> no, who needs that. And then, uh, and then we've got another round. There's a, one of my favorite little gatherings called Kernville camp out that built well puts on and they have that in October. So I'm going to go hit that and then do some more riding and then winter begins. And mm. so I'm going to, going to hit the road with my dog and we're going to go ski a bunch, all these different little resorts and, and just live out of the car and, and kind of just go ski bum style like I used to do back in the day. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And then the big picture, I mean, still depending on the state of the world, but um, I have a really big goal that still terrifies me. And I almost feel like I shouldn't say anything, but uh, I'm, I'm going to make myself fucking do it. And next August, uh, going to start with the Biltwell guys. We're going to do tip of Alaska, Prudhoe Bay, all the way down through BC. And we'll come say hi. And yeah, then, you uh, will. 
And then I was thinking about it and I was just like, why don't I just fucking keep going and just do the whole Pan America Highway? So that continues on down all the way to the tip, tip of Chile. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take, I mean, I know less than six months. Um, I could see myself getting halfway there and getting to like Panama and just posting up for a month. And, you know, who knows? Um, but I feel like it's something I need to do. I've, I'm thirsting for like a real challenge. I really want to scare myself again. And, and the way that I feel about it right now, it terrifies me. That's typically a good sign that I should do mm-hmm. it. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start planning that one. I'd no. agree. I, and I'm glad you said it out loud. Cause when you say something out loud, the world listens and it will come to fruition for you. Somebody I will hook you up with though, because of that, he actually rode the Pan America highway on a road bike and beat the oh. world record. Yeah. And so he knows the ins and outs of that road very well. I will hook you up with Dean Stott. He did the, the original record was on a road bike was in 117 days. This guy was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to do it in 99. What? Yeah. That's on a like, road bike. Dude. I don't even want to do it in 99 on a, on a street on a Harley. <laughs> like, yeah. He started at the bottom and went all the way up. And the only reason he did it in a shorter time frame was because he was in Prince Harry's wedding. And so they got the call that he had to go. So he had to do it faster. So he's like, no problem. I'm just an SBS British machine. I will do this and did it and crushed it. And it's like, okay. Oh my God. Wow, yeah, that's casual. Like, God, dude, I yeah. even, whoa, that's so impressive. Yes, definitely put me in touch with him. I need to know mm-hmm. some deeds. <laughs> I got you. I got you on that front. And trust me, Dean will be more than more than willing to share his knowledge with you. He is very good at that. Um, that's so I'm so excited for you for that. I, I'm I'm thrilled to see the the photography that comes out of that because it really does seem like as much as the bikes are your passion, your eye for photos is unreal. And for the detailing and just the, the, the way they're shot, you feel immersed. And that's really special because not a lot of photography does that to someone. Yours evokes emotion. And I think that's why you are going to only keep skyrocketing within that industry. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for my eyes to see what you're going to pull up. That's so sweet. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's inspiring to hear because I still don't like consider myself like a photographer, you know? And, well, that's stupid. <laughs> so that's really awesome to hear. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. It's the, the romantic in me that likes to pull out, you know, the, the emotions of it. And, um, it, it, yeah, lets me capture, you know, the feelings inside and, and share that with people. Cause sometimes you get at a loss for words. So it's the best way to showcase something when you can't tell them. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And I, I've never been accused of not having words, although I've been accused (laughs) of the words not being accurate representation of what I'm feeling, but that's a different conversation for a different time. That's girl talk. Yeah, this is for a later rant. Um, That's fucking thrilling. I'm excited for you. So you've got, so you've got Harley and you've got backcountry that are going to be backing you through all of these projects. Are you... Are you taking more people with you? Are you wanting more sponsors? Are you looking to work with people? Because I'm sure once this comes out, you'll get some calls. So I'm just curious, like, is that even like something people yeah, should bother I with? Mean, so, you know, I initially wanted to do it. I want to do it solo, um, like by myself. Um, I foresee myself running into other groups and joining them, you know, and, and that type of thing. But in terms of support, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty up in the air right now. Like I I'm, hoping Harley will support it. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, 
And, you know, backcountry, of course, will high five me and, and help me. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I'm going to need parts. I'm going to need, you know, tires. I'm going to need tools. I'm going to need clothing. I'm going to need, you know, the money, whatever, you know, anyone that is looking to support a woman solo on the road doing the entire Pan America highway would be huge. So knowing that I have people in my corner, like we said earlier, like having that, that sort of support means the world. So you know, I'm open. I'm open to any phone calls. <laughs> I'm open to the calls, ladies. Whoring myself gentlemen. out. Help me. <laughs> Fucking whore yourself out all you want. You deserve it. If you had shit content with a shit idea, with a bad attitude, and that everyone owed you something, you wouldn't be where you are. People work with you because they believe in who you are and your and your love and passion behind it. It shows. And just like get over it. You're good at it. So deal with it. Oh, thanks, babe. I appreciate you're welcome. That. No, you're so you're, <laughs> hey, you're you're you so are welcome. I I would tell you if you sucked. I'd be like, well, <laughs> let's have a conversation about a few things. I'm so still supportive you of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. I feel honesty is the best policy. It just works out that way. So, um, listen, I know you have to go, so we'll cut it here. But um, please do tell everyone where they can find you. Please do you know give us a quick rundown again you've got you've got coming up you're going to go do a couple groups you've got the pan america highway and we're going to hold you to it so where can we all find you and follow you on this path yeah the the biggest one for sure is my instagram uh which is at kaylin thorian uh have fun spelling that <laughs> but uh, right? i'm sure it'll pop up on here um so at kaylin thorian um is definitely the bread and butter um I am, you know, hoping for this Pan America trip to get a YouTube series going, depending on the support, uh, the media support I can find. Um, uh, but yeah, you. that's the biggest one. Instagram, I keep it simple. I'm not throwing myself on 20 different channels. Instagram's where it's at. So just look for me there. And, uh, you know, anytime, if any, ever have questions, whatever, shoot me an email. Like I'm an open book. I love to talk to people. Shoot me a message, slide into my DMs. I do my best to respond. <laughs> Hey, that's how I got you. I got, I, well, lies. I went to someone who then helped me get you. Cause I was like, <laughs> I know how many followers this chick has. And I know she's not getting this DM. So I'm gonna just hit her anyway, from every angle I got. That's how it is, man. Well, I'm fucking stoked. We did too. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everyone, please go check out Kaylin. She is going to be doing incredible things. Uh, go support this badass bitch. She has seriously thought it through. She is methodical about her work. She cares. And that is more of what we need in this world. Go give her a follow and we will check you all out next week. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>